Hello and welcome to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife and producer, Janet. Today we have two guests in the studio. First is Lindsay, um, our Director of Education, and then we have Jennifer Fletcher to follow her. So, um, Lindsay, uh, welcome to the studio. We are streaming live at AM 1470 KBSN in Moses Lake. Lindsay, how are you? I'm good, John. How are you? Great. So I want to welcome you to the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy team and um, welcome you to the show today. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what your goals are for, for your position. Yeah. So I'm actually from Moses Lake. I grew up here. This is my hometown. I've been away, though, for the last 10 years. I've been over to the west side. I uh, can't say I miss too much over there, especially not the traffic. Um, I went to school over there, though. I went to Seattle University over there. I have my Bachelor's of Science uh, in Forensic Science with a minor in Chemistry. Uh, moved back over here. Never thought I'd be back, but I'm sure glad to be back, especially now that I have this great opportunity. I'm really excited to be working with the pharmacy. You know, there's not a lot of compound pharmacies out there doing what you guys do, what we're doing. Uh, really customized prescriptions, personal relationships with patients. I'm really excited to be making a difference in a lot of those patients' lives, uh, building those relationships. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we welcome you to our team, and um, we will be hearing a lot more of you in the future. So thank you, and um, you. thanks for coming on the show, and we have high expectations. I'll just let you know. I won't let you down. All right. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Our next guest is Jennifer Fletcher from Active Family Healthcare out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and she is in the studio with us today. Um, to get in a minute here just to uh, get situated. And she will, she will be right with us. So um, one thing I wanted to, to uh, discuss today is, is um, a little bit of history on her. So um, Jennifer, you could pull up to the microphone there. And, and I'll introduce you. So Jennifer Fletcher from Active Family, our viewers and listeners, welcome her. So um, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. Hello. Thank you. So excited for you to be on today. <laughs> Um, well, I made the drive all the way from the big town of Coeur d'Alene to the little town of Moses Lake. Um, got a little bit of snow in Coeur d'Alene, so that was nice to get away from that. But, um, I've been a nurse practitioner for 20 years. Um, I can't believe how fast, um, it's gone by. Um, along the way, I've, um, learned a ton, um, especially in the last seven years since I've been owning my own business for seven years. And, um, yeah, excited for the next, um, 10 years and then hopefully retirement after that and someone yeah. else can take it over. Awesome. So tell me about, about where you, where'd you go to school as a nurse practitioner? So, um, I actually went to junior college originally in, uh, Santa Rosa, California. Um, my heart was drawn to basketball, so I followed wherever my basketball heart went. And um, played there for a couple of years and then went out to the, I got recruited out to Missouri Western um, in the Midwest and uh, played basketball out there. Um, originally, I was a sports medicine major and uh, looked at the amount of jobs that were available in sports medicine and there was like a thousand. Uh, so switched over to nursing. Um, got my nursing degree um, from Missouri Western and then um, worked for a few years as a RN and decided hospital stuff wasn't for me. Uh, so went back to school at WSU and fell in love with the area and graduated from there and stayed in the area. 
Awesome. So, um, where did you first start in the area? Did you first start working as a as a nurse and nurse practitioner in Coeur d'Alene? Um, so, yeah, while I was going to school, I did um, some, you know, RN type of work, you know, um, hospital, cardiac rehab, things like that. And then um, my first job was in family practice and pretty much loved it and decided to stay in that area. So tell me a little bit about seven years ago, you opened your own business. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Uh, so I had always, I had always dreamed about opening my own business. Um, but I needed I needed to make sure that I had that um, the amount of of experience needed to be able to take on that huge um, amount of you know work and things. So um, I uh, worked as a family nurse practitioner for twelve years underneath a lot of different um, physicians, and um, I I saw a lot of things that I liked, and I saw a lot of things that I didn't like. And so I thought if I go out on my own, you know, I, I want to make it a situation that was, in my opinion, better for the patients overall, long term, and um, finally took the plunge. Okay. So tell me about, tell me a little bit about that. Um, what do you mean better for the patients? How do you feel about that? Uh, my clinic really um, spends a lot more time with patients. Uh, my job uh, previously, I was seeing you know, 24 to 26 patients in a basically a seven-hour period. So you were seeing patients, um, you know, sometimes five and ten-minute visits. Uh, it really was not conducive for, you know, maximizing that patient's you know, um, response to treatment and education and things like that. So uh, our clinic, um, we spend a minimum 15 minutes with patients, but most often about 30 minutes with patients to get things uh, taken care of and to get them educated properly and okay. over the things that um, are sometimes I feel lacking in other practices. So tell me, what is the name of your practice? Active Family Health Care. Okay, so why did you pick that name? So uh, brainstorm, a lot of brainstorming um, went into that um, and I wanted to create an environment where um, uh, where we're promoting health, obviously, and we're um, wanting patients to be as active as possible. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of uh, regular exercise. I talk to every single one of my patients about it, almost every visit, and um, sometimes they do get a little sick of it, but uh, I just think it's really the key to being happy mentally and also being physically healthy. Right. So I'm with you, and I, I think exercise is probably one of the most underused prescriptions, but probably the best prescription that, that can ever be given by, by a medical professional. So Absolutely. So tell me what you, what when you talk about exercise, what would that commonly go like? I and mean, how would that go? I mean, it probably varies by patient. Super, but. Yeah, starting super at the basic first level. Um, I ask them what they're doing. You know, you have to know what they're doing to be able to know where to take them to. Um, I have, you know, some patients that are, you know, running marathons and Ironman athletes. So obviously they're exercising plenty. Maybe need to add a little strength training. But um, if someone's not doing anything, I always try to uh, give an exercise prescription that builds on success. It's uh, super key. Um, 
you know, sometimes literally with some of my COPD patients or deconditioned patients, it's literally starting with 10 minutes of walking a day on a treadmill or outside. And right now in Port Lane, activity is almost dangerous because of the ice and snow and stuff. But um, yeah, just starting soup. We always want to build on success. Um, we know that patients, if they are given too hard of um, exercise in the beginning and they fail, they're very very unlikely to continue the program. So, I think that's one of the most important things about exercise, and that's great that you spend time with your patients because every patient is different. Um, and if you give somebody an exercise an exercise regimen that they can't follow, like you say, it's gonna they're gonna be non-compliant. They're not gonna do anything. So it's better to start with baby steps and start doing exactly. something. You know, especially if they haven't been doing much to start with. So, um, so give me an example. Do you have any examples that you would like to share about you know a patient story where where you really they feel that you made a difference in their life and you made a difference in in their life? Um, the, you know, the stories that always stick out in my mind are those, those kind of zebra stories, you know, where you save someone's life by getting them diagnosed correctly and things like that. Um, like my, you know, I had a patient who was unfortunately actively having a heart attack in the ER, sent her home and she knew something was wrong and came back and saw me and I figured it out, you know, right away and got her the treatment she needed. But, um, Probably, like, my biggest um, weight story is um, a lady that I helped for probably about three years, and she ended up losing over 150 pounds. And Holy smokes, and that is wonderful. completely eliminated her, all of her diseases that were present. Um, she's completely healthy, active, and, you know, doing awesome. I actually hardly ever see her i have to force her to come in once a year just to make sure everything's okay but um she's she's probably my biggest per se whole story what an incredible story that yeah. is I, you know um i think that's very motivating and i think people like to hear that because um the answer is you know not necessarily another medication to treat it to treat a symptom of a disease but exactly. the answer is to you know, go to a practitioner like yourself that, that you know, they can, they can motivate them, encourage them, empower them, that they have control of their own health, right? Exactly. And that they can change a lot of these disease states. So just give me an example. What were some of the diseases that she had that, she, you know, that she reversed? Yeah, um, diabetes, type 2, yeah. um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Yeah, the three so, big ones. So listen up, yeah. um, folks. Um, high mm -hmm. cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes. You've heard on this show before. Those things are reversible. Um, diet, lifestyle, exercise can help reverse those. So, you know, pay attention. Pay attention to this show. So, um, and if you'd like to be part of it, um, call in, ask Jennifer questions, 509-765-1470. Be part of our show. Um, so what is your favorite thing to treat? Do you have a favorite? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah? Okay. Um, orthopedic issues. Oh, really? So Interesting. going back to my sports medicine yeah. background. Um, yeah, I, I just, I love orthopedic issues. I Explain to our listeners and viewers what orthopedic issues Okay, are. so basic, you know, just my knee hurts. What's wrong with it? How do I fix it? Um, you know, my so, elbow hurts. Right. You know, I can't throw a baseball. You know, what do I need to do to fix it? 
Okay, so give us an example. Um, give us an example. My my elbow hurts. I'm a baseball player. My elbow hurts. How? What is your what is your fix for that? Um, you know, we we try to at Active Family we we really try to utilize all types of providers. Um, so first of all, actually, you know, diagnosing it correctly. Is it an old fracture? Is it you know a tendonitis? Um, you know, or tendinopathy, a chronic thing. Um, is it a bursitis? Um, and then directing therapy towards those things. Um, we utilize physical therapy a lot, um, chiropractic, acupuncture, um, a whole array of things. Um, sometimes, you know, topical type of anti-inflammatories. Icing is always one of our big go-tos. Um, but mainly getting it diagnosed correctly so that you can get that person treated appropriately and knowing what's what type of person can help them fix it, basically. So with somebody with a with an, an elbow injury or knee injury, do you talk about overuse issues? Do you talk about, you know, maybe some of those issues to help recover? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of knee issues are overuse um, or improper alignment. Um, I mean, I see women all the time with patellofemoral syndrome of, you know, Q angles, which is basically women have hips, you know, and, and so the, the knee joint becomes a culprit for chronic knee issues, um, which is, you know, with um, doing proper strengthening exercises so that your patella glides correctly, you know, you basically eliminate the problem completely, but it does take a lot of work. Right. You know, yeah. um, I think a lot of times people... Um, don't understand that injuries take work to get better and so you know explaining that you know if your knee's been hurting you for three months it's going to take probably three months to get plus. better plus yeah. yeah yeah that's that's wonderful so we are um thank you jennifer for that we will continue this on, on our second segment this is the first segment you're listening to health solutions with sean and janet needham we're getting ready to go to a break and we will see you in a few minutes Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Health Solutions. Sean and Janet missed our first episode, our first segment. Uh, Jennifer Fletcher from Active Family Healthcare out of Coeur d'Alene is with us in the office in the studio today. And if you'd like to be part of it, give us a call 509-765-1470. Any questions for her? Um, so we were talking about orthopedics. So when I think orthopedics, first thing I think of are injury, injury, elbow injury. I think surgery. So um, tell me about your opinion of surgery. My what? Your opinion. I mean, okay. so you know, are you cautious about it? Are you careful about referring to a surgeon until they have to? Um, I don't know if you've ever had any orthopedic surgeries. I'm assuming you have since you're a downhill mountain bike racer. I have not, actually. You haven't? No. Wow. <laughs> I have had several. about myself. <laughs> I've had several that were unavoidably surgical, and um, orthopedic surgeries are awful. In my opinion, the pain is out of control. So, um, yeah, I definitely, tr we try to do everything possible to avoid a surgery unless it's needed. Um, there's always those cases where, you know, someone breaks their nose and it's on the side of their face. And, yeah, that has to be fixed right away, right? But um, there's a lot of um, surgeries that are, in my opinion, optional. You know, and we can do a lot of things to help people feel better so that they potentially don't have to have surgeries. Right, right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think I've seen a lot of surgeries, orthopedic surgeries, too, that go bad. And 
know, I know some of my injuries I had even the last year, I didn't go in for surgery and I kind of, I just, I nursed the things to help myself. Now, obviously my bones are not laying out or anything, um, <laughs> but um, I, I kind of wonder sometimes if I went into surgery and would have done something versus, um, you know, especially if it's pinned or something like that, maybe on a foreign body, body so um well and I, so what is your thought about like somebody has a bad knee and maybe overuse maybe they just you know need to lose weight have you ever talked to somebody about that um absolutely um you know an extra pound of body fat around your belly puts an extra 20 pounds on each knee pressure so wow. um we're we're very much advocates of you know weight reduction as much you know to help people with weight reduction um, in the process of um, healing that joint. Okay, so we'll hold that thought. We have a caller on the line that is talking about weight loss. So, um, caller, are you there? Hello, caller, are you there? Well, it looks like you're not there anymore. If you would call back. That would be great. We would love to answer your questions. 509-765-1470. Give us a call back. So the call, there was a call on the line about weight loss. Uh, talk a little bit about it. Um, I know that's very individual. So how would you go about that? Um, again, it goes back to that baseline, what they're doing at the moment, if they're exercising at all, or, or are they completely inactive or somewhere in between. Um, what is their diet like? I always do um, a baseline uh, diet diary. Um, try to have people do it at least for two to three days without changing anything that they're doing, so that I, that I know how many calories they're taking in, or um, you know, what kind of uh, macronutrients they're getting in their life, um, and then tailor the exercise and diet based on what they keep. Um, some people need tiny little tweaks, and some people need a whole new regimen. Right. Okay. So, do we have a caller on the line? We do. Caller, are you with us? Yeah, I am. All right. Uh, we can hear you. So, who are we talking to? Uh, my name is Ryan. I, I live here in Moses Lake, and I actually have some questions for uh, Jennifer as I'm looking at going through some lifestyle changes currently. All right. Good for you. So, welcome, welcome to the show, Brian. And uh, go ahead and ask your question. So, um, just to background, I'm, um, I'm on, like, 10 surgeries. Um, I was a big football player, um, you know, played in high school, and it just destroys your body. Um, you know, six shoulder surgeries, uh, three knee surgeries, and a hip surgery. And I find it hard. I go, I go to the gym, and, of course, I go and I work out, um, and I lose a little bit of weight, so over time, the soreness takes it. And I've heard you talking a little bit about PT and physical therapy. And I've heard that it's not a good countermeasure. So it's like learning what I can and cannot do in the gym to maximize my efficiency. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty broad question, but definitely a good question. Um, uh, we have physical therapists in our um, area that specialize in developing exercise programs based on your orthopedic issues. Um, and actually one of them um, goes to people's home uh, to do it, which is awesome. 
Um, so without someone actually, you know, measuring, you know, your flexibility in every joint and, you know, uh, and testing your cardiovascular fitness and all that, those things that are really needed to make a good exercise program, um, it's pretty tough, you know, uh, to do, you know, just go to the gym and do all different things um, because it could be, you know, sometimes we do exercises that aren't good for our back. Um, you know, I have a back injury that I'm kind of nursing right now too. So I actually got guidance from someone um, in our town for that too. So um, you might be able to get by with a, a good trainer um, that has um, a background in training uh, for that too. That's a very individual question, Brian, and something that probably can't be answered in two minutes over the over the uh, over the yeah. phone over the, over the radio. Um, so I think the suggestion is you know find a good physical therapist, um, and you know Jennifer at Active Family Healthcare. Look at our Facebook, uh, Mosley Professional Pharmacies YouTube, or my personal Facebook page, and you can find their product information there in Portland. Lane, and there are some good physical therapists in that area. So does that answer your question, Brian? Yeah, it's, um, well, trying to figure out where to start when you have injuries like that is kind of difficult. I, I double clap until I heard the segment of doing uh, PT is almost like a start um, of learning how to exercise better uh, for your individual body. And so I, I was just trying to get some clarification, like that really answered it. Good. I'm glad to hear. Thank you for sure. calling. Thank you. All right, so if you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 509-765-1470. All right, we were talking a little bit about um, orthopedic surgeries and weight loss. Um, keep, let's continue that discussion. So you said something about, I, I want to hear that again, because that was an amazing number. For every pound we lose, give me that example again. Yeah, it's supposed to remove 10 pounds of pressure off of your knees. So think about that. Think about if you're carrying around. So you're telling me you're carrying around 50 extra pounds. It's 500 extra pounds of pressure. Uh, now I'm questioning whether my statistic is correct. <laughs> either, way, either way, it's a substantial amount, correct? Correct. And have you seen people that have lost weight and they had a knee injury and they lost weight and they may have needed surgery and they lost weight and they didn't need surgery anymore? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it happens all the time. It, it does happen all the time. And yeah. I can verify that. I have a weight loss journey. Uh, 10 years ago, I, I lost about 60 pounds, and I had um, bad feet, bad ankles, bad knees. And, you know, after I lost weight, all that stuff went away, along with hypertension and, and um, all those other things that go with, go with um, losing weight. So, um, so what, orthopedics, what else What else about orthopedics do you like? Name some things and change. Well, I just I just love getting people back to the activities that they want to do, um, and I feel like I've had to rehab my body a lot over the years for different injuries because um, I keep doing high risk sports. <laughs> Good for you. Um, but I think that I understand injuries really well and and can relate to them personally too, and help them through the process. Well, speaking of personal, that's what I like about practitioners like yourself. I like working with practitioners like yourself because you do know some of the things personally because you've done some of the things. So, um, you know, if I went to a physician and, um, you know, I had a 
I had an ankle injury, which has happened before. The last thing I really want to do is I want to fix the problem. I don't want to treat the symptom. And I know some guys that are, that are cyclists like myself, and the first thing they want to do when they get an ankle injury because they're pedaling wrong is they want to prescribe pain meds. It's like, I don't want pain meds. I want somebody to fix my, you know, my, my ankle from not hurting and fix the problem. So, you know, I had a practitioner that actually said, well, you know, you're dropping your foot and you're pedaling. So, and I fixed that and it took some months, but then it got better. So that's what I like about, about yourself is that you've, you've been through some of those things, you've known it, and it's even in your name, active, active mm -hmm. family um, healthcare. So, um, and I, I don't think very often do we see practitioners that are, you know, walking the walk, talking the talk. That's what I like about yourself is that, you know, you're an active person, you're healthy yourself. So you're not just saying something. You, you know, you live it. So yeah, I appreciate you. that. You're welcome. Um, it's, it's really, I, I can't, um, I can't relate to, you know, the, the providers out there that, you know, don't exercise or do any of the normal health habits to stay healthy and how they do their jobs. To be honest, I've, I've worked with dozens of them in the past. Um, it, it kind of just blows my mind away. Um, I'm not trying to beat up anyone, but I don't know how you could be a healthcare provider and not um, live that role and set a good example. Um, I, it's pretty you. bizarre. Yeah. I am with you 100%, Jennifer, and actually in my book, I just I just wrote a book, and one of the examples I give in my book is, you know, I, I think when we look at our, our sick care model or our health care model, which is really a sick care model, and you look at, you know, the diseases that we that we encounter in this country, I mean, so many of them are diet and lifestyle related, and I think if we're really going to fix problems, then we really need to have providers that, that live that. Um, I give an example in my book, and my, my book's called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare. Um, you can get it on Amazon. I'm sure it's 99 cents for not much longer. It's number one selling book on Amazon. Number one selling book. I'm really, really proud of it. It's really going well. Um, the example I give in Chapter 1 is that, you know, would we go to a dentist that had crooked yellow teeth? <laughs> I mean, you know, I hear some laughs in the studio here, but yeah. uh, honest to gosh, is, is that, and I know that sounds pretty bold to say that. And there were even some people that said, you know, I just don't know if you should say that in your book. But then some people really said, you know what, that really hit home. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's true. I mean, I, I want to go to somebody that I can, you know, look up to that they know about it. It would be like hiring a personal trainer. Um, I'm not going to hire a personal trainer that's in worse shape than I am. There's just no way I would do that. Or a mountain bike coach or whatever. And I'm, I want I want somebody with, with, that is, you know, better than that. They're better than me. So. So that's a great example. I, I appreciate you being an example. So um, go ahead. You're going to say something? No? <laughs> you wish. No, no, no. I'm of talking. No. I love, as you can tell, I love talking. That's why I have guests on my show, so they can they can stop me from talking. So so it, it's, it's, it's a wonderful relationship, actually. So. Um, if we could only find that little that brain-body connection, right? Um, so... We're gifted in a way where we have that stimulation from our whatever that whatever that is in our brain that makes us want to exercise. Um, you know, and unfortunately, some people don't want to. You know, they don't have that drive. They don't have that neurotransmitter, you know, connection or whatever. Um, hopefully, someone in research is working on that yeah. because 
you know, that would change the world for sure. Well, I also think you think as healthcare providers that we can help empower and encourage patients to exercise and we can help help them get that process started. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you on my weight loss journey before I exercised, um, you know, I had uh, I had depression and I would go to work almost every morning and just be upset, you know, just depressed and I will tell you when I started working out, when I started exercising, especially in the morning before work, that all went away. Mm-hmm. So and there are a lot of neurotransmitters that, ex- and I'm not saying that's the answer all the time, but uh, you know, exercise can help depression. There are a lot of neurotransmitters that it stimulates. That and can, anxiety, can for sure. and anxiety is just rapidly increasing in right. our society. Yeah, with all of our for stresses. Sure. Yeah, and. Yeah. You know, um, rather than an antidepressant or whether, you know, an antidepressant medication or an anti-anxiety medication, um, why not try exercise? And, you know, a little bit of exercise can go a long way. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, Some people, you know, they do have a lower, um, you know, lower neurotransmitters in their brain, unfortunately. Um, So, you know, sometimes providing them, you know, with something that helps boost that, you know, for three to six months and reestablish those no- normal serotonin levels is extremely helpful too. Absolutely. Though. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that there is some weight loss medications that have come out in the last few years that solely focus on neurotransmitters of the brain that are very intriguing and I use them and I, I've had some really good successes with them, increasing dopamine and serotonin in the brain. Yeah. So if someone's just, you know, if they're stuck in a rut and, that's what it takes to help them get to the that next stage in trying to be healthy. It can be very, very beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, one, like you said, I think one of the things to remember is that, you know, three to six months, I think, you know, um, let's reevaluate three to six months. I mean, I've seen patients that have been on antidepressants for 20 years, yeah. and they've never really been reassessed necessarily. So that's what I like about that approach, your approach, is that yeah, I reassess. Think- Really key is um, find a provider that you really, you know, or that you get along with and um, that um, is active and promoting healthy lifestyles and things. And seeing them on a regular basis can be really super beneficial. Um, we have our patients follow up really regularly, and I think that's super key. Whether you're trying to help them quit smoking, you know, improving their diet, you know, talk a lot about exercise, but co-managing their, you know, disease processes and stuff. But if you don't see them often enough, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to keep an eye on things and help propel them in the right direction. Yeah, follow-up is very important. So how often do you like to see them? Some of them I see once a month. Okay, wow, yeah. that's good, that's great. Yeah, especially with smoking cessation. It's proven that you need to see them once a month to yeah. really... To really make a difference. Really. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they need, I, I'm sure they need that encouragement, um, you know, and just the follow-up, because that's a tough thing to Yeah, research sure. just shows higher success rates for with more frequent follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So that that wraps up segment two already. Boy, this goes fast. So um, you're listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, and we will be back in a few minutes. Hello and welcome back, listeners and viewers. You're listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, live in the studio at AM 1470 KBSN in Moses Lake. We have Jennifer Fletcher on our last segment here. Um, so, Happy New Year. This is the first show of 2020. 
And speaking of New Year's, everybody's got New Year's resolutions at the first of the New Year. So I'm sure you have some patience to have New Year's resolutions and maybe for yourself. And what can you say about New Year's resolutions? Boy, I don't make them personally. You don't make them, okay. No. You have goals. You have some kind of goal, right? Um, to drink more water. Okay. All right. All right. But that's not New Year's resolution. Keeping it simple. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll, in the next two months, you know, we'll be bombarded with patients that either, you know, they want to get off of um, medications, they want to improve their diabetes, they want to lose weight, they want to exercise, they want to change their diet. So, yeah, absolutely. We're ready to tackle, tackle it with them. So do you help, how do you help them with their New resolutions? New Year's resolutions. You know, I just... Um, I actually write things down for people, um, you know, steps, you know, that they can make um, every week to improve whatever they're trying to improve, and then frequent follow-up. Yeah, yeah. I see I see. there's a theme there. Yeah. Follow-up. That, that, that's really important. Um, that you, shows me clear, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of follow-up, do you do any other kind of follow-up? Is that a live follow-up all the time, or? Um, we do do telemedicine, too. Okay. Um, which is a, um, a great new thing, and actually most insurance companies are covering it, except Medicare. Um, That's not surprise. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if, you know, a young mom um, can't, you know, she's taking care of her kids and, you know, can't get into the office, then, yeah, we do telemedicine. We do, we do, do phone consults, too. Um, so, with telemedicine, tell us a little bit about that. How would that work? Do they have to? Then you have to be located in Coeur d'Alene, correct? Technically, I guess no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I would imagine, you know, new patients, typically I would want to see. Right. Yeah. Um, that seems. Face-to-face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, but I do follow some people that are out of state right now. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You're, you're popular. Out of Very. state. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, typically, if somebody did want to see you, they could see you. Maybe a first face-to-face appointment, and after that, follow-up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But tell them um, my goal is to work out of Hawaii eventually. So. Oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of a joke. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You seem pretty serious about it. <laughs> I do love Hawaii. Yeah. So I'd love to be able to work from Hawaii a couple months out of the year and just do telemedicine. So that's why I've been kind of trying to perfect that awesome. as a practice. Awesome. So. So what 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 modality? Um, it's actually through our electronic medical record. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They have that. Yeah. Specifically. Yep, and people do it right from their phone. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's great. I think things, technology, we leverage technology in um, medicine. You know, there's a lot to be said about about that. Um, as far as overall accessibility, and as far as costs. Because it's very expensive, not just for a healthcare provider to have to have patients come in, but for the patient too. It's not necessarily convenient, like you say, an active, you know, mom. Um, it's not always convenient. They multiple kids try to get to the doctor. So, exactly. You know, I, I think telemedicine something that can be that is really yeah. I think that's. Them. I mean, um, I think that's why insurance companies, you know, they do like it because they reimburse less. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Right. Of course. Um, but it is more convenient for the patient. Yeah. So, so what if a patient? Let's say you have a patient that's doing telemedicine. What do you do for? What if they need their blood draw? Blood yeah. Draw? So I mean, 
that's a technical issue. Um, we have labs pretty much everywhere in Coeur d'Alene, so we're pretty fortunate with that. Um, if they're out of state, you know, I just, believe it or not, we can just send it directly to wherever, a lab close to them, so they yeah. just have to look up what lab it is, and then we can just send it in. Labs are getting pretty used to doing that now, so they need they yeah. moving a lot more. Especially with snowbirds. We have quite a few snowbirds. Yeah. 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 So they're getting their monthly minority. And some of them get it in Mexico, believe it or not. Oh, really? They get labs from Mexico? Oh, yeah. I, had our, I, never, yeah. I mean, I, why not, right? I, I never thought about that. The lab result comes in Spanish. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So you must have somebody that speaks Spanish in your office or something? Um, or I speak a little bit, okay. um, but the numbers are the same, fortunately. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to read the number. That's, that's interesting. Uh, so um, what, what, is your, what, is, what is your goal to, to expand active family health care? What, what, what's your goal? I've always had the dream of having an, a satellite clinic um, and maybe in Sandpoint or Post Falls or somewhere you know, in the vicinity of Coeur d'Alene. So um, the, it, it, finding the right person, you know, to do that with um, because I need a provider. Right. It was, it's going to work in those areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then possibly I would commute once a week or whatever, but, you know, so they don't have to work every day because providers only want to work typically three or four days a week. <laughs> Jeez. I know. I need to be a provider. I, I guess. know, especially the younger population. <laughs> so um, that's a great goal. Now, so what do you? What, but actually, going back to that. Oh yeah. So, bet. Um, I'd rather have part-time providers that are happy, you know, than full-time providers that are overly stressed and don't want to be there. So yeah. it actually ends up being best for the business to just hire more part-time people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, that's wonderful. That says a lot about you. Um, want providers to be happy. I think if you look at your own business model, if you look at a lot of a lot of providers in the medical field, you know, especially the ones that work for big big corporations or what have you, um, they're not used to very happy. They're working five plus twelve hour days, charting all that. You know that. Yeah. So, um, yep. You know, so that's that's great to allow that. So um, tell us what you do, because obviously you are healthy, you look healthy, and tell us what you do to stay healthy, eating-wise. Okay. Yeah. I'm really getting put on the spot here. <laughs> um, uh, I try to at least eat six fruits and vegetables, vegetables a day, and that's kind of what I tell my patients, too. That's a lot. So if you shoot for six servings a day, um, I think you end up cutting out a lot of uh, other things that you don't need um and uh definitely everything in moderation um you know i don't advocate um a certain type of diet um but try to just keep it super simple for patients and myself just eating lean proteins you know if you're going to eat a carbohydrate try try to make it a complex carbohydrate you know like a quinoa brown rice or something along that line um and, you know, lots of vegetables, you know, that, you know, they have a lot of nutrients, um, antioxidants, protect against cancer, increase your risk for all kinds of medical problems, heart attack, diabetes, and so. so when you say six servings of, 
a vegetable fruit or vegetables. So would you change the fruit thing for diabetics at all? Um, I haven't cut I haven't cut it in half. So like a half a banana or a half of an apple, because um, I, I I don't really don't believe in eliminating fruit for diabetes. And usually that's not their worst culprit. Yeah, oh, I, I their totally worst agree. culprit is you know their Pringles or you know their candy bar or whatever. And if I can't imagine the fruit is the worst part of yeah, it. Yeah, I totally agree. Although yeah. I did have one one time eating um, a half of a watermelon, and that was an issue. That might so. spike the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think you know one thing that I try to teach my patients is if it's the first thing that they can do is just whole foods and just say if it doesn't rot don't eat it mm-hmm. and that's really what a whole food is and um and, and i'm with you you really and i get it i mean if they are still having high glucose and they're eating fruit and they've done all the other stuff i think maybe eliminating their fruit could, could help but um you know, like you say that's not the issue because let's face it how how many bananas could you really eat i mean after you eat one banana or one apple yeah, you're done. But, yeah i mean the the fiber and the you know, really fills you up. Yeah. And, but um, and then I've I've just been the lucky person where I I love to exercise. You know, I have that brain chemistry that makes me want to do it. Um, so I mean, from college basketball to triathlons to mountain bike racing, everything I love all of it. So you know, give yourself some credit. I wouldn't say that that's all genetic or lucky. I would say you probably need a lot of that. And, you know, you, you know, after you experienced it, you kept doing it. So one of the things that, that speaking of mountain biking, speaking of biking, one of the things I like the most about you is that you are a, a biker. So tell me a little bit about it. What, what's your favorite kind of bike? I love trying to bike. What? Whether it's a cruiser bike, um, a road bike. My favorite is a mountain bike. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, I did the cyclocross season this year and I'm always humbled by that because it's unbelievably difficult. Um, so I, I just, it's my passion to ride bike. So explain to our viewers and listeners what cyclocross is. It is, it's incredibly (laughs) difficult. It is. Um, it makes, even if you're an athletic person, it makes you feel like you're not. (laughs) Um, at least for me, uh, it is basically a dirt track. Um, riding your bike as hard as you can with obstacles uh, for 45 minutes straight, and I track my heart rate, and it's over 175 the entire time for 45 to 50 minutes. So um, I probably could benefit from doing a little bit more cardio. <laughs> Before cyclocross season, but it it's um, a, it, it will it. I mean, cyclocross right out right out of the gate, and your heart rate spikes, and it stays there for forty five. Yeah, minutes. and I am I'm. I think that that I don't know if anyone's ever watched it online, but um, if you haven't, you should. It's, yeah. It's, it, it's incredible it's, cycling. It's really sport. fun to watch. It's a mixture of so. First of all, it's usually in the late fall, even winter. So conditions are usually horrible. Snow <laughs> sometimes, ice, rain, mud, and so you're never really going really fast. Partly because it's in the dirt on grass, and it's just in little parks and stuff. And you're expected to take your bike and 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 carry it upstairs and jump obstacles, and it's it's incredible. And 
for 45 minutes. It's really, really, really incredible. So let's see. We're going to wrap up the show here. So um, tell us how patients can get a hold of you. Um, we have a really good website, um, activefamilyhealthcare.com. Uh, um, you can email me directly through there. The emails actually go to me um, or one of my workers. Um, so I'd be happy to respond back. Right. And they do have a Facebook too. You had Facebook too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. All social media, Instagram and Facebook. All right. All right. Yeah. So what's the, as we wrap up, what's the last thing you would like to leave our listeners to do with? Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate, we appreciate you being on the show. And I think you've added a lot of insight to, you know, to um, how you can help patients and how you can help patients. Um, you we are streaming live at AM 1470 KPSN Studio in Moses Lake. Be part of the show. Uh, we'd love to take a call as we're wrapping up here. 509-765-1470. So how close are you to your goal of going to Hawaii for two months out of your three months out? Uh, probably a couple years out. Okay. Yeah. So why Hawaii? I love it there. Because? It's warm. I actually like humidity. You know, you're, all your problems go away with a little bit of humidity, it seems like. <laughs> your joints don't hurt as bad. Your skin's not dry. Yeah. And so have you ever been to um, Kona and watched the national um, what do you call it, world championships? I actually, I actually did Xterra World Championship in Maui myself. Oh, um, did you really? In 2012. So. Xterra how, And how'd you do? I was around 20th in my age group. Oh, good for you. That's yeah. awesome. Xterra, for you, those of you that don't know, is basically like an iron, like a triathlon on a mountain bike, shorter swim and shorter, shorter run, correct? Yeah, it's Olympic distance. Olympic so, distance. So, yeah. well, that wraps it up for another show of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, Jennifer Fletcher. Thank you for being with us, and we will be in touch, and we'll see you Monday. Thanks so much. <laughs>